I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. You're listening to our daily podcast edition of the program. I'm really thrilled to welcome our guest today, Joe Trippi. He is author of The Revolution Will Not Be Televised and the host of podcast That Trippy Show. Joe, thanks so much for being on. Great to be with you. Joe, one of the most confounding things about 2020, uh, and, and maybe you would relate to this and, and, and say it's no different than other cycles, is that it really does seem plausible that it could be a nail-biter that's not decided officially until late November, December, who knows, January. It could be a landslide in favor of Biden. It could be a landslide in favor of Trump. And I mean a landslide in terms of the Electoral College, not not popular vote. Um, do you see it that way or no? Uh, not really. I mean, I think one, um, uh, as you point out, there's no way that Trump can win the popular vote. Republicans haven't won it but once in like the last, I don't know how many cycles, presidential races. Uh, that was uh, back in 2004. Uh, so I don't think that's likely. I think it's much more likely uh, that that Biden right now is in position to uh, either have a narrow uh, electoral college win or, or if there's going to be a, a surprise, I think it'll be Biden's uh, uh, the, the amount of electoral votes Biden gets will be the surprise, not not Trump, not at this stage. If it's a close race, that's one that means Trump is actually uh, in it. And, and uh, but I, I just at this point, at least do not see that happening. Joe was, of course, heavily involved in the Doug Jones campaign. Are you still actively involved with um, Doug Senator Jones reelection efforts? Uh, yeah, yeah, we we've been uh, working. You know, I've known him since a, a dinner in May of 2017, where we uh, I, I went down there to talk to him briefly about uh, uh, tr try to uh, with a group to try to talk him into running. Um, and I, I left that dinner thinking he he probably wasn't going to do it, but uh, he did, and we've been uh, both close friends, and and I've been working uh, with and for him uh, ever since, and I'm working for him now. And was it your contention during the primary campaign that Joe Biden would be the best possible nominee for the Democrats to hold vulnerable seats uh, like the, the senator from Alabama, um, but but also take back the chamber and win in places uh, like North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Georgia? Well, yeah, look, the whole fight during the primaries in a lot of ways uh, – was around philosophy about how to win this year. Uh, a lot of people thought that uh, you needed uh, to turn out the base, really have an energetic uh, ticket, um, not try to reach out to the middle or the Republicans at all. Uh, there are quite a few of those candidates. Uh, and there were uh, candidates uh, who thought, no, we need to work, pull uh, out from the middle, try to attract Republicans and moderates. And uh, my contention, particularly after the Alabama experience, uh, was we needed a candidate and a ticket that could do both those things, both uh, turn out our base and at the same time appeal uh, to GOP, suburban women, younger Republicans, college-educated Republicans, some business Republicans even. That's what happened in Alabama in 2017. Uh, we were able to do both things. And I thought that Biden 
looking at the field that Biden was the one that was most likely to be able to do that. But he, he might have to, uh, you know, he might by uh, picking the right choice for his ticket, be able to to help on uh, on either end of that, uh, uh, both those things that you need to do to win, I think. Uh, and I think in Kamala Harris, he he uh, that ticket, there's just something about how they click together. I mean, uh, I, I didn't see it during the primary campaigns when they're sort of going after each other a bit. But uh, when you see them now together and see how they they interact, uh, the authenticity um, of somehow they're how they connect with each other. Uh, I, I really do think it's a powerful combination that can do uh, the two things I think we can we we need to do if we want to, you know, de defeating Trump close is not going to end Trumpism. And we have to uh, it's going to be around. He's not going to go anywhere. He's going to do a TV channel or something. He'll be out there uh, in, even if he loses out there and interjecting himself into Republican primaries uh, the way to. What we have to do, I think, is to win big, and I think the way to do that is to do both things, appeal to the center and turn out uh, the, the Democratic base. Joe, do you think there will be debates? Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't see that not happening. I think the three kind of official debates that we've already always had will happen. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think there'll be more. Um, uh, there, maybe, but I, I, I'm more certain about the three that we always have uh, will happen again. And do you think that uh, this is an opportunity for Joe Biden to solidify his lead and to build the momentum and sustain the momentum that you described that would enable him to, to have a, an electoral college landslide? Look, I think this whole thing has been pretty much um, the American people have already made a lot of the decision. All right. And I think I think they made it in the primaries, too. And uh, and so I'd I, I make this case. I think that the choice from the very beginning, from literally two years ago or whenever uh, Biden was about to enter the race, the choice has been um, uh, chaos versus community. Um, and the president and that contrast is what's driven the entire year. And so um, the more strident uh, Democrats who ran um, didn't appeal uh, to that community thing. I mean, they were, it was, you know, the more anti-Trump you were, the, the, for a lot of folks, it's okay, that chaos versus your chaos, I'll stick with the chaos with my guy. I think all the way through, there was never people contrasting between Biden and, and uh, Bernie, or Biden and Kamala, or or, or uh, Biden and any of the other candidates. I think it was they were contrasting and looking at Trump versus Bernie. Then they look at um, at Biden versus uh, Trump, and every time, no matter who was rising, the Trump the Biden choice looked like the more uh, vibrant one in a chaos versus community election. So now we're in a general election. Uh, Trump cannot stop himself um, from adding to the chaos uh, and all around us with coronavirus, the economy, with the racial division, um, uh, uh, all the things that we're seeing in Wisconsin, uh, more chaos. And he's now trying to make the case that however chaotic your life has become with me as president, it'll be more chaotic. It'll be even worse with Joe Biden. Well, Joe Biden has been unity and community the entire way. 
So in those debates, um, in the how does how does Trump fix that contrast? Uh, by I, I just don't see how he does that, and I think Biden is very well equipped um, uh, to continue to expose that contrast and make it more clear in those debates. So every there there I I have a hard I I even think like. Uh, 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 Trump having if he if you gave him three billion dollars to spend attacking Joe Biden, um, I'm not sure it would change that contrast that dynamic in the race, and I think that's what's driving. That's why I do think there's a chance this could really unravel for Trump at the end, and in in the face of even more chaos, people will choose community unity coming together. Enough of them. Enough. Uh, 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 Sort of casual, somewhat favorable Trump voters may peel away even further than they are than than what we're already seeing. And in that most plausible best case scenario, would you see an electoral map that resembles two thousand eight? Uh, I think again, it gets into the 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 look. If you're ahead by if Biden's ahead by two three points, that's a pretty uh, uh, scary scenario. Uh, I think if it's two or three points, uh, popular vote win. You're looking like right now today with that kind of a point win. You're you're he's sitting around 260 between 268 and 278 electoral votes. Uh, could be enough to win by two or three points. Uh, but then we saw what happened with with Hillary. Uh, you that you could also lose a state by 11,000 votes or or a couple of them, and that'd be a problem. You drift into 268 and lose it. Um, I think if he can hold this something like a six, seven, eight point lead, that could easily transfer into well over 300 electoral votes uh, and could even approach 400. Um, uh, so I, I do think with what we're seeing today, I know it's closed a bit in the last, uh, you know, pr prior to the conventions and through them. But I still think Biden is in a, a, a very solid position. The other thing I'd caution people is, yes, it's going to close in some states. He, it's a closer race uh, uh, between Biden and Trump than it was between uh, Trump and Hillary. But I tell you, we're a lot more polarized today. And I think even though that difference in a state like uh uh, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, she had maybe a seven-point lead, and right now Biden has a, a, a four- or five-point lead, uh, almost on the same day, like August 25th, comparing August 25th to August 25th polls. Uh, the difference is I think that four points is hardened. I mean, it's not, there's nothing movable in it. Um, and so we're now getting down to where I think what, one of the things the Trump campaign may have decided to do, they've gone pretty much dark until after September. They're off TV for the most part right now. I think what they may have decided to do is it may be smarter to try to spend an, uh, another billion. They've already spent a billion dollars attacking Biden on TV and digitally. They may be ha making a decision that instead of wasting, burning more of that money in a garbage can behind the headquarters, it might be smarter to re uh, configure it and use it to get out rural voters that didn't vote in 2016. I mean, make make it uh, go go for not for changing people's minds, but for uh, trying to to expand um, the turnout among their base. Maybe maybe what they're doing. They're, they're definitely they're, they they've definitely concluded that their message isn't 
isn't getting them anywhere. So I think they're either re reconfigure their message or reconfigure the strategy of the campaign. Um, and we'll see where they're really going to go starting uh, Labor Day. That, that does seem to be the approach and, it, and it's exploiting what their advantage was and what John McCain and Mitt Romney were unable to accomplish. Um, on the flip side of that, that's something that Hillary Clinton was not able to accomplish that Barack Obama was able to accomplish, particularly in 2008, but also in 2012, which is bring out the base. Um, and you know, you're, you're describing the tweak of strategy that is recognizing the limit of appealing to suburban women or potential swing voters and just bringing out as many folks in the reddest of red places. Um, th that, that seems like their, their, their strategy. Are you at all concerned about sort of what that says in, in kind of the democratic tickets approach to base politics um, being one that, that uh, you know, is not necessarily um, as revved up about this ticket or is your, is your sense that the 2018 midterm results demonstrated that, a, refer a climate of politics in which this is a referendum on Trump is going to turn out every last voter in, in a Philadelphia precinct? Uh, I think two things are, are true. One is that I think uh, uh, I, what I'm seeing is that Trump does drive a lot of the energy on both sides, and he drives uh, there's no better get-out-the-vote unifier on the planet. Um, even Obama can't do that as well as Donald Trump can with the Democratic base. So I think, one, I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of, you know, I've got to go vote. I'm going to go, you know, I've I got to stop the chaos uh, uh, vote out there. Uh, the other side of that, though, is, look, clearly the president still has a whole bunch of people who, yes, he can go shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and they'd look the other way but the, and still vote for him. The, the, let me use Alabama as a great example. In 2017, Donald Trump's favorable was 68. And he had, uh, uh, and today it's around uh, 53. Um, I think, uh, forget about our polling, you know, go look at some of the public polling. I think Morning Consult had him at 58. But that's a far, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. His, his approval ratings have, in even the reddest of the red uh, states out there, have declined. So the energy and excitement um, that was there for him in 2016 um, isn't at anywhere near the same level. And if you actually look at, like, even just the, the, uh, the ratings on the convention, uh, on the two conventions, on, I think, three of the four nights, um, the Republic, well, on all four, I think the Republican viewership was uh, of the Republican convention was below uh, that of the Bi of the Democrats and Biden. And I think on the one night it was close. That was by a hundred thousand. The, the Re Democratic uh, had more viewers by uh, by only a, a, a hundred thousand uh, viewers, but the other nights it was down by millions, like three or four million um, uh, voters. Uh, an evening. I haven't seen the the. I didn't see the ratings for uh, for the Trump speech, but I I do think there's a there are, are you know, lots of signs and evidence um, that that pitched energy um, that was there in 2016 still there, 
but not nearly at the same intensity. And I think, you know, Joe Biden isn't Hillary. Uh, he doesn't engender that, that same anti-energy that Hillary did. Trump does on the Democratic side. So I think both those things could combine um, to lead to the kind of, uh, to us picking up a lot of these uh, swing states. And I think with them, by the way, a lot of the Senate seats. Um, if I were to make a prediction today, I'd tell you, it, it feels to me, and I've been along around long enough to say this, but it feels to me like this is much closer to 1980 uh, than 2008 or 2016. Um, well, if it is closer to 1980 than 16, um, then there could be a the 2008 uh, comparison um, in, in so far as the pandemic has devastated the economy for the, the have nots. I mean, for people who are, who've been suffering for years, uh, right. been um, subjected to economic and racial injustice and um, the financial insecurity. Um, so, you know, to, what, what I'm wondering from your perspective is if there, if, if COVID in some ways, while it ostensibly accelerated the, the kind of perception of our polarization, um, you know, thanks in large measure to Trump and Trump standing with kind of scientific illiteracy and not wearing a mask um, and pumping that into the, into the bloodstream, is there any hopefulness you have that the kind of resilience of our democracy to, to wake up, look what's happening around you, that there will be uh, a, a, a detoxification, a sort of depolarization um, as a reality of um, the, the pandemic mismanagement and sort of the economic tumult? Um, is that a possible outcome here? I think uh, it, the margin has to be big for that to happen. Um, I, I just think if, if this is a really close race, electorally popular vote, otherwise, the, you know, the, 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 and the president throwing up all kinds of, you know, it was stolen, it was rigged uh, at the end, questioning the results, win or lose. Um, I just think we're so polarized that uh, it, it will continue. Uh, and I think that has devastating consequences for a whole bunch of um, problems that need to be solved uh, if we stay at, uh, this divided. And that's why I, I do think um, that I, I do think in the end um, you're seeing signs that people, People are moving, want to move away from the chaos. Um, and, you know, the question is, do you know, it, to, to what extent does that happen? And does it give Biden, um, a, you know, you know a, a, a big enough margin and and in a, a coalition in Washington, in both the Senate and the House, uh, where things can get done? Um, and that doesn't but, but, yeah. all Democrats. I mean, just but sure. But, but, you know, people who will listen to each other and start working on things. When we think of the, the effort now to, to 
um, make law and order, you know, in a centerpiece of the campaign, which is Trump's effort um, to be a fear monger and, um, you know, and incite the racial tension and, and portend that it's coming to your community soon. I do wonder if, if there's a very limited part of the electorate that uh, that message is going to resonate with. And in the same breath, you know, given that the economy has suffered for a large swath of people in urban communities um, in, in jobs that have been displaced, but not necessarily in the same way suburban or rural communities, um, I, I, I wanted to just close by asking you about those two demographics and, and the messaging, um, you know, the, the, how much is the average voter, given that, that Wall Street and sort of the economic picture for the country hasn't changed, even though people are out of work, for the average voter, is, is the economy um, going to be a, a message point, um, and for the average voter, is this is the race, the racism, and um, specifically the the police brutality? Are those going to be reaching a narrow number of voters, uh, or sort of a larger group of voters? Uh, well, I mean, one um, on the economic side, I think there's going to be, unfortunately, uh, because. Uh, for lack of a better way of put, you know, McConnell has just not, I mean, the Republicans just not come through with a, with any kind of extension rea reality, I mean, in terms of people's unemployment uh, uh, and how they sustain, continue to sustain if they're unemployed right now in this environment. Um, I think that's going to get even worse uh, for a lot of people. Um, and, I, and it's clear that, you know, I mean, he recessed the Senate. They're not coming back till September. I mean, it's it's. It, I think it's going to be pretty clear um, uh, why you're. You know, no one's coming. Who? I mean, it's sort of who's throwing up the roadblocks there? Uh, they'll you know they'll say it's uh, it's Pelosi and Schumer, but you know I don't think that's going to fly with the with a lot of people are being hurt on the 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 law and order stuff and his uh, racial division. Um, that he w was starting even before some of this. I mean, when they were sort of reprogrammed the first time about six or seven weeks ago, clearly um, started to bring back some of the people that are left. One of the things we've got to remember is when, when Biden went ahead by 12, 14 points, uh, 10 points, um, you know, in that period uh, just a few weeks ago, who were those people, right? I mean, in other words, up, up till then, Biden is sitting in the mid 40s um and all of a sudden he's up at 52. well you know people the, the, that other that group that moved to him were were trump voters i mean P republicans who had been with trump slowly moved away and were first time saying you know i'm gonna vote for for biden well yeah and then you uh trump hits the hot stove and some of them go home. And by the way, we saw that in uh, 2017 um, in the Alabama race, we would uh, succeed uh, with our common ground message of working together. And uh, Doug Jones talked all the time about 
finding common ground, working with both parties to get things done. And a lot of Republicans, we in our polling, would we we they they'd start to come to us, and then Trump would go on would do something on the attack, and Roy Moore would gain four points and go ahead of us. Why? Because a lot of Republicans started to go home. Then we'd do it, do some more, you know, talk some more about solving problems, and you know whether it was healthcare, whatever the uh, they were all kitchen table issues that we were talking about. But we saw this fight between finding common ground on kitchen table issues versus red hot, you know, uh, uh, Trumpism. And every time he did it, Trump did it, we we'd lose some of the folks that we had won. Then we'd have to go fight and win them over. I tell people that um, Trump came to Pensacola on the Friday before the election. We saw more and more go up by four points. On Saturday, he was up by three. On Sunday, he was up by two. On Monday in our tracking, he was up by one. And Tuesday, we won by 23,000 votes. And I think had Trump come in Sunday or Saturday, we would have lost. Um, and so there's this temporal, when he hits these red, you know, just sort of just sort of um, goes for this, uh, you know, crosses the line, um, uh, really tries to pitch up the intensity on the racial divide, it, it works. It's very temporary, though. It start, people start to, as the more they think about it, the more they come back to common ground and community. And I think that's why Biden has a real opportunity with, with, with both, both those, uh, those groups. Uh, and just as a, a very, very last question, you know, is there anything he would be able to do to kind of sustain that um, racial divisiveness in, in just the days before the election that you think could work and, and to his advantage? In an, or do you think that what you saw in Alabama doesn't, can't, can't really be applied to the, the electoral battlegrounds in, in general? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, he can't be everywhere one day before, yeah. right? So, I mean, uh, he can do some, but but I also think, look, I think the the really, you know, you've got to also remember about 2016, the the Comey uh, opening the investigate, reopening the investigation stuff that happened at the very end, you know. And I don't, I think, look, is there anybody who's going to be surprised by an October surprise? Of course, there's going to be an October surprise. Of course, Barr is going to do something. I mean, you know, everybody knows that that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to have the same impact. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's like we're, yeah. we, we've seen that. We Oh, we saw that play. And I don't think, um, they, and so that's what I'm saying. There's less intensity uh, for Trump. There's there's more awareness about the game and and no real, and a real understanding of what what extent he's willing to go. And so when there is an October surprise, and I'm sure there'll be one, um, it, you know, half the, over half the country could roll their eyes. Instead of being outraged or worried, they may just roll their eyes. That's why, I mean, I think it's that, that's literally where, so people are worried about a lot of things and, and they should be, and we should make sure every vote gets out there, all those things. But, but I do think that, um, you know, give people. I'm, I I have a abiding faith in the American people. I really do, and I think knowing now what they fully did not know in 2016. Remember, the other thing you got to remember is a lot of people thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. No way Donald Trump uh, could win could win this thing. 
I don't need to vote. So if you actually, I don't think any of those people think that anymore. I think almost all of them are not sitting there thinking, oh, it's a lock, I don't have to do anything. Those people, if there's a surge of people who did not vote in 2016, I think it's much more likely to be a surge of people who did not come out and vote for Hillary in 2016 who are not going to make that mistake again versus Trump being able to bang the drum even harder on racism and, um, and uh, uh, you know, his division chaos thing and get folks that sat at home in 2016 um, and didn't vote, didn't come out and vote for him with that message. Now all of a sudden they're going to do it after four years. I, maybe. I don't think so. I think people have got that wrong. I think it's going to be a surge for Biden. That could be how uh, we get a bigger uh, uh, margin than people are thinking. Joe Trippy, veteran political strategist and host of That Trippy Show, the podcast. You can find it on every podcast platform. Thanks so much for joining me today. Well, it's great to be with you anytime.